This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you are listening to Payne.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us in this sidebar investigation into a human cyborg. And I thought this was very important to stick in at this point. I was not actually planning on covering it uh, with this much analysis. But once we uh, got into it, folks, I figured let's keep going because we are talking about the military cyborg super soldiers. We are talking about gene editing. We are talking about designer babies growing babies inside of synthetic wombs free of the mom and dad. And we are talking about all of the military technologies on the radar of Dr. Charles Morgan and Dr. James Giordano and Dr. Peter Emanuel, the Frankenstein doctors employed by the United States government. So to see another doctor, another scientist here, uh, Peter Scott Morgan, being turned into a human cyborg, um, willingly, willingly being turned into one, seeking out um, the doctors and the scientists to turn him into one. And then these media shows humanizing and normalizing and desensitizing people to it. Uh, I think it's important that we put this in here. It's a little break from just what comes out of the crazy military. You're seeing it in action in real life coming out of what Dr. Morgan, Dr. Charles Morgan would call the official science community. All right, let's continue. We're almost done with this, but we might as well finish it up, folks. This is the extraordinary kindness of total strangers. But the very best thing, obviously, he's sitting next to me. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Oh I mean, what, a, what an amazing um, step forward uh, for you that you're pioneering here, but yeah. for everyone else. This, uh, it's, and to hear you talk about life like that is I know. truly invigorating. Thank you both. Thank um, you so much. Before, before you go, I mean, you talked about hope there as well. And this is, this is the book that you've, you've written here. And this is all from Peter's perspective. And actually, it really is full of hope for those people, for those people who really believe that there is none out there. It's a really inspirational story throughout your life and especially what you've been going through the last years, a few years. And and thank you for being here today. Okay, so this is always the part that I look at. So 2017, he is diagnosed with the disease, right? They say within two years, he fully transformed himself into a cyborg. Okay, within the four-year period, they have the book. But in the first two years, they film his whole life, his whole journey, his strategy to developing um, the technologies to turn himself into a cyborg, as he calls it. And they get all that done in two years. And they film the documentary, they put out the documentary, and now they have a book also. 
So he's got a book about this journey. It should be an interesting read. Is it a book written by the man or written by the cyborg or written by the machine? Who knows? But you're going to see a lot of talk coming up from Dr. Peter Emanuel uh, tied into the military, someone we've been trying to bring into this show a little bit. Uh, One of the authors, key authors of the Cyborg Super Soldier 2050. And so you're going to see him talking about cyborgs as well. And he makes the case the same way Elon Musk does and Ray Kurzweil does and others that we humans are already cyborgs because we don't leave the home without our smartphone. But what you have to understand is these guys engineered us into the cyborg they claim we are because they engineered the iPhone, the smartphone, the technology that they not only got us addicted to, but in cases where people don't even necessarily want to use it, they force most people into situations where they have to use it, whether that be for work whether that be to access your insurance plan, whether that be to communicate with people with text message or talk to people on the phone. And so they've engineered us, they've socially engineered us into utilizing these quote-unquote smart technologies. And then they turn around and say, well, people are already cyborgs because they're utilizing these technologies And so now you're seeing a man who's merging the technologies in with his own biological body. And so eventually they will just say, well, there's already machines rolling around. We saw with Dennis Bushnell, the chief scientist over at NASA for the last 40 years, in the speech he gave in 2018 to Fire Group, which is the future in review. And he said, we are already cyborgs as well. And he gloated about the fact that children on a playground text message each other instead of walking up and talking to each other. And he called it the human evolution of humans, as I brought up many times, where humans begin to engineer their own future, which I say is basically engineering humanity out of existence. But Bushnell spoke on this stuff uh, as well. And at the time, he admitted that over 200,000 people, this is back in 2018, were already walking around with the brain interface devices uh, planted in their heads. And as we showed you through the Dr. Charles Morgan lecture, that he was showing video going back to 2013 in which they had implanted brain chip devices in people's heads. So they're way far ahead of the Uh, technology that they have people like Elon Musk roll out through Neuralink brain chip. They've already done most of the stuff that Musk is now presenting to the public. They just use Musk as a pitch man to push that stuff out into the lexicon and get it widely adopted. You'll see Peter Emanuel address that a little bit, and we'll break that down for you. And so this gentleman here, you're seeing the same thing. This is taking technology that they already had and now putting it into this story, this narrative to humanize it and to normalize it and push it out to a wider audience. Let's finish up this piece and then we'll move on. Oh, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks. It's so lovely meeting you. And a happy birthday, Philip. <laughs> I hope you're going to have an extra glass of red wine because now apparently we're allowed and it's my favourite drink. I mean, Precisely. what can I tell you? Precisely. And it's also apparently, according to Dr. Chris, good for your eyes. <laughs> and with Peter now, one of the things we do miss is not being able to share a bottle of wine. So I'm forced to drink for two now. So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank, thank you, you both. both. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.
Okay, see, so those kind of stories are what they uh, utilize to humanize uh, the merger of man and machine, transhumanism, singularity, to the point where artificial intelligence becomes smarter than human, and human has no choice but to merge in with the machine. And now you saw it, folks. It's a good piece that we reviewed there. I'm glad we did that. Because I think it gives you a better understanding of what the merger of the physical, biological, and digital worlds looks like. Now you understand the tenets of the fourth industrial revolution, but you get to see it uh, through a real life story of a scientist who willingly turned himself into a cyborg. Frankly, I think it's fascinating. And so I'm probably going to dig a little bit more into that story, try to understand a little bit more about his past, and then we could bring it back to the Dustin Gold Standard, talk about it some more. I'd like to know what he was doing before he was diagnosed with this disease, what he was doing in the fields of science, and now looking at the organization, the nonprofit that he set up, which will utilize people like him as guinea pigs to further develop this technology. But one of the running themes here, and you can see this, folks, is it's not about curing people with paralysis. It's not about curing people with dementia. It's not about curing people who were you know, mangled in a car accident and now have uh, all these debilitating health problems. No, in the end, they use the brain chip. Uh, the goal will be to augment the human brain. The goal will be to read people's minds. The goal will be for one human to control another human, as Dr. Charles Morgan III shows us in his lecture to West Point Academy. And so when we get back from this break, we're going to jump back in to Dr. Charles Morgan. And we're going to try to get through as much of that video as possible because there is so much left to go through in this series. It keeps expanding. I have to go through the Super Soldier uh, paper with you. As I mentioned, we're going to listen to a podcast by Dr. Peter Emanuel explaining that paper on the Cyborg Super Soldier 2050. And then there's another paper we discovered talking about what China is doing, which we're going to go through. We're going to get into Dr. James Giordano uh, and then we are going to jump into a video uh, it was in my notes um, Peter Thiel talking about the three different directions Eastern Europe could go into and then I will give you my full breakdown on that and then after that we're going to jump into the Biden executive order we're going to be finally ready to actually review that with a full understanding of the technology our government is already working with and then I'm going to get into uh, the true history of technocracy and transhumanism and the fusion of the two, what I call technocratic transhumanism. And then that will end up leading us into Operation Paperclip. So I've got a pretty clear understanding now of the direction that we are going to go in. And I think by the time we reach episode uh, 50, which I want to do a live stream on pain.tv slash gold with audience calling questions and live chat similar to YouTube so that we can have a full-blown live stream for several hours and you could jump on and educate me. You can ask me uh, any questions that you want. 
uh, so I can fill in the blanks of maybe all the stuff I missed, any other knowledge you want to download from my head, and I can learn from you guys. Because there's so much you're sending me, but I would love to truly have a discussion with you guys over at pain.tv slash gold. Uh, or if it turns out we can't do that there because of the way that system's built, I'm trying to put something together as well. And then that way we can have a big discussion and share our thoughts about all of these different ideas before we come out of episode 50 and shape the next set of 50 episodes, folks. This is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard. I will be right back right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold, the human cyborg, right here on the Dustin Gold Standard. And you are listening to Pain.tv slash gold. No, folks, contrary to uh, popular opinion, I am not a human cyborg, folks. I am just a regular old human who loves to uh, loves to learn about technology, tries to understand the world, wants to know where we're going, wants to figure out how to uh, protect my future child from this crazy world. It seems that we are moving in warp speed. They are rolling out these technologies every single day. We are in the midst of the false industrial revolution. And it seems that it is impossible to stop this freight train. I mean, on a macro level, I don't know if it could be stopped. But in your life, you can make choices. You can make decisions to avoid this stuff. At least in the near future, you can do this. I don't know about five or ten years from now. But right now, you can make moves to... Um, to change these things in your life, to try to avoid them, to try to work around them, to try to find alternative solutions to the technologies that they are offering you. And you can always just say no. I know it sounds so simple. Uh, Maria Albanese has been hitting on this for a year or two. To just say no, put down the smartphone, stop interacting with apps that are absolutely unnecessary to your life. I've said to put down the iWatch, take off the Fitbit, you don't really need this stuff, folks. You don't really need it. It's real-life clickbait. They dangle it in front of your face, and then they make it almost impossible to avoid this stuff. Even breast pumps, folks. It's very difficult to find old-school breast pumps. Now they want you to have one that plugs into your iPhone, monitors exactly how many pumps per second you're doing, things that were completely unnecessary for the first 2,000 to 1 million years of humans on this planet, folks. You didn't need this. And now they force it upon you. You know, we were just looking for a baby thermometer yesterday at Target. We had to stop in there. And uh, they're trying to sell you ones that connect up to your smartphone. We just want an old-fashioned thermometer, folks. An old-fashioned thermometer. No, they want one with a smartphone. But let me tell you, anything you buy... Healthcare included, that connects to a smartphone, it's being tracked and analyzed. Uh, Dr. Peter Emanuel explained that in the podcast we'll review uh, probably in the next episode or the one after that. 
And he will talk about all the data that they're collecting all the time from these smart devices connected to you. As Elon Musk has said, I've said it many times here, you are just a node in the system. And every interaction that we have with technology, we are helping them develop their prison planet, helping them build their AI hive mind, helping them you know, work on their life extension technology, their quest for immortality. And so, folks, they're re-engineering the world as we know it, and we are helping build it. Whether you're working for a company that is actually building this type of technology uh, or any of this type of technology or whether you are actually interacting with these apps and helping them use it. Every time you use an app that scans your face to do one of those funny face swaps or turn you into a cartoon, your facial data is going into the data bank being stored on the big data servers and you are helping them with facial recognition not just on you but on whatever other type of analytics and metrics that they are collecting and putting together folks all right let's get back to dr charles morgan the third i'm going to roll this back about 30 seconds from where we ended yesterday in this particular case he is talking about the ability to store images and video inside of dna and so he was showing an example where they took a gif file an animated uh, an animated picture and they stored it in the dna of bacteria and then later were able to take the bacteria decode it and pull up the gif image and then he said that the offspring of the bacteria carries that image in the offspring through the dna all right let's continue here it's simply another way of storing information. It had just been so slow up until five years ago, it wouldn't be thought to be practical. But it is. This is the first experiment showing what imagery you can hide in bacteria. This is the latest. It's a GIF file. It was actually programmed into the DNA of bacteria last year. The bacteria reproduced, and the offspring from the reproduction cycle would still produce this movie. Pretty cool. You can hide information in bacteria. And when the bacteria multiply, they can go into a spore form and last for a very long time. No one can scan you and find a bacteria. We don't have anything that can detect that. So if you want to be able to encode information, take pictures of information, create something in DNA and don't want it in your own body, it can be bacteria on some portion of your body, right? All they have to do is scrape it, let it grow in the Petri dish, and unpack the information. This is all available now. This isn't science fiction, but you can encode movies. Pretty amazing, right? I mean, we went over that yesterday, but I just want to play that again to catch you back up. But pretty amazing what he's talking about, folks. They can store data inside of DNA. And as I've talked about on the show before, and I did mention in yesterday's episode, so I won't go into depth on this, we covered this new technology where they're storing data inside of human DNA. And so in the end, I believe that some humans will be turned into basically DNA storage drives for all of the big data needed to operate this coming metaverse uh, and the prison planet. So the prison planet would be in the natural world, all the technology, smart devices that tie together the Internet of Things, the Internet of Bodies, you know, in a sense, the Internet of Senses. 
and then the metaverse, which will be the digital projection of all of that stuff. Do you know how many servers they need to store all of the data that they currently have? And we're not just talking about the stuff that's available on Google or DuckDuckGo, the stuff that you search. No, there is so much data being used to run all these algorithms and to analyze everything and all the delay, uh, data that the Amazon Ring cameras are collecting. I would not be surprised if they're already using DNA storage drives, maybe not like inside the human body, but they're using DNA on slides to store data inside of giant servers because it can store, you know, what was it, like a million times more than some kind of a computer chip. And so if you think about all the data that they currently have, you would have to imagine that they're already doing that. It's very similar to when you look at the amount of um, cattle that we supposedly consume per year in the United States alone, you would say to yourself, even as someone who's driven across the United States and seen large cattle farms, that there's just not enough cattle in the United States to sustain the amount of cattle that we eat. And so you'd say, well, wait a minute, maybe they're already growing the lab-grown meat that we've covered here, or the 3D-printed meat that we've covered here, and putting it on the store shelves. Because where is the amount of cattle that we consume in the United States, and how are they constantly regenerating that, that cattle, that livestock? Same thing with the DNA storage. When you actually look at the numbers for the amount of data that we have to be storing, there's physically not enough computer servers being built to store that amount of data. So they're up to something. And again, I believe they usually roll out the technology and show us the technology through Wired Magazine as some big breakthrough or through some university, through some professor, through some Elon Musk or Peter Thiel type when they already have the technology and they've already been using it. Now they just run the adoption campaign to get people to say, oh, that's cool. And if the people accept it, they can run analytics on Twitter, Facebook, other places off your text messages to see if the percentage of people that accept it is what, let's say, 30%, 50% don't care either way, and 10% like me maybe are against it, but we're not really a threat to the system, then they just roll it out and say we're doing it. But if they have something, say, like they injected nanobots inside of everybody with the COVID jab, and they see, wow, the people would be really upset about that, we can't publicly roll that out or our houses might get burned down, then they just keep that stuff a secret. I think there's a lot of that kind of thing going on. That's my opinion. It's my opinion. But I think that stuff goes on. All right, let's continue here. Well, this is what the Chinese are doing with DNA. Okay, and I read this to you yesterday. It was like eight bullet points on the articles he collected where China has uh, publicly admitted to some of the stuff they're doing with DNA. So in your own neck of the woods, you can begin inquiring. We are doing things with, uh, with DNA as well. But the Chinese are fairly convinced that DNA encryption and encoding would be one tremendous challenge even for quantum computing. Uh, so this is where the race is right now, trying to merge quantum computing with um, what you call a wet hard drive with DNA, merging DNA systems with quantum uh, uh, computing. Okay, and so we call that a wet hard drive, and uh, I explained that to you briefly. Eventually, we will um, loop back to that. Let me just write that down. DNA wet 
hard drive because we'll get into a little more of this technology not not anytime soon but when we roll back to that because i'm going to get into the human batteries with you as well more of that technology that they're developing so uh let's just continue here but write that down wet hard drive folks that's the dna drive and then they're going to combine that with quantum computing which we haven't gotten into yet on this show but it is on my list of uh, shows to present to you will be really quite an amazing and both lethal threat for that amazing and lethal amazing and lethal unbelievable this guy isn't he speaking to a room full of west point military academy cadets training these wonderful gentlemen for the future all right now he's uh, looking at another the next slide. thing i want to mention to you is memory you play this one really quick Hopefully you'll recognize this. And it says up on the screen, a mind is a terrible thing to lose. Hey, whoever you guys are, you're going to have to show me some idea if you're going to be in the Hey, whoever you guys are, you're going to Hey, whoever you guys are, you're going to would you stop that? What? That, that thing is going to give a brain cancer or something. Hey, whoever you guys are, you going to... And so he's showing a clip from Men in Black, all right, where they keep zapping the woman and she keeps repeating herself. So, what to do with memory? In medicine, we think of memory as a potentially harmful thing when people present with post-traumatic stress disorder. They can't stop thinking about the thing that's creating emotional distress. It's a very active development in the field to figure out, can we erase memory? Can we modify memory? Can we change memory? All right, folks. So now up on the screen, he has a picture of a soldier with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. And he's talking about PTSD and the fact that these soldiers are stuck with these horrible memories. And now can we erase those from their mind? Can we free them of these terrible memories they have from the horrible things we made them do in the field of war and so right now folks what i want you to do because you're probably already having some nightmares from the from the dr peter scott morgan videos if you watch them in video uh i think you would agree seeing the avatar up on the screen and the gentleman very emaciated strapped to uh a wheelchair and now dr morgan's going to get into wiping the memory clean and the technologies that we have in this uh wonderful government and the official science community so what i want you to do folks is i don't want you to wipe your memory clean and i don't want to overload your memory drive all right i don't want to do that i want you to absorb everything you took in today I want you to try to process it, understand it as best as possible. As we take a break today, we're going to end this today. Now, folks, not me. I'm going to record another show, which is tomorrow's show, uh, shortly, because I've got to take a couple of days at the end of the week to uh, do some stuff with my wife. And so I'm going to jump ahead and record a couple of shows today, tomorrow, and Wednesday, and I will be ahead of the game. And that way we can continue releasing shows seven days a week, as I want to do, because I believe there is so much information out there. I just need to keep downloading it and spilling it out of my mouth to you guys so you can save this stuff do whatever you want with it and watch it at any time so don't 
clear your memory. Don't wipe it clean, as Dr. Morgan is going to talk about when we return tomorrow. I want you to process it, understand it, and get ready for a wild conversation with Dr. Charles Morgan III, and then we're going to pop over to Dr. Peter Emanuel and work our way to Dr. James Giordano, the star of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to pain.tv slash gold. Come and join us over there. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold.